WIOX is supported by you and the following underwriters. Sam's and Fleischmann's. Sam's Country Store Deli and Gas Station. Open every day for groceries, Mexican herbs, local craft beer, and with food to go, sandwiches, tortas, and tacos, and tamales on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Sam's on Main Street in Fleischmann's. Sam'sCountryStoreNY.com. O'Connell and Aronowitz, attorneys at law since 1925, for legal representation committed to fair treatment for all, from family law to constitutional law, estate planning to criminal defense. O'Connell and Aronowitz, 518-462-5601 or oalaw.com. Watershed, Roxbury's coffee shop and market on Main Street in historic Roxbury. Open from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. Sunday through Wednesday with extended market hours until 6 p.m. Thursday through Saturday. Coffee, breakfast, and lunch in the cafe and in the market prepared meals to go in basics like dairy, produce, dry goods, beer, and cider. Watershed, Main Street at Roxbury, watershedroxbury.com, and on Instagram at watershedroxbury. Please stand by for a timely message from WIOX Roxbury. Tis the season for snow, fire, and donations. Please consider a year-end tax-deductible donation to support WIOX, our all-volunteer, nonprofit community radio station. It's easier than navigating your Facebook news feed. Go to WIOXradio.org. Click the Donate button. Thank you. Okay, you are listening to WIOX Community Radio, live and local in the Catskill Mountains at 91.3 FM and MTC Cable Channel 20, 107.5 FM on the campus of SUNY Delhi and everywhere at WIOXradio.org on computers or smartphones. 
and also with the Radio Garden phone app. This is from the forest. Every Wednesday from 6 to 7 p.m., talk about a different forest-related topic with Ryan, Zane, and John. we got three. Hello. How's it going? Oh, things are good. Yeah, how you guys been? Yeah, Christmas came and went. It's good. It's over. Mm-hmm. Past. Christmas past. Yeah. You get anything good? Um, I got some good stuff, you know. Some, right. uh, yeah. I, what did I get? I got, I got some whiskey, some cigars. All right. <laughs> Can't yeah. complain. I gave a lot more uh, whiskey than I got. That's for sure. Darn. So you were, uh, you were in the in the red on this one, huh? I'm in the red on on whiskey, but that's all right. It's okay. Get to taste some someday. I got an air fryer. Yeah. That was the biggest gift I got. Yeah. What are you gonna fry? I don't know yet. There's a lot of capabilities with this thing. I really don't know where to start. Greek yogurt. So I've heard it's... you can do Greek yogurt in it. I have no idea. I'm still, yeah, I'm still not really sure what an air fryer is or does exactly, but I guess I'll find out. Okay. Fair enough, Zane. <laughs> um, <laughs> right in Zane at CatscoForest.org. <laughs> right. <laughs> tell tell your... <laughs> how to use the air <laughs> Things don't come with manuals anymore, right? You got to go online. You know that? Have you encountered that problem? I mean, you look up everything. I'm sure if yeah. you you could probably get a whole tutorial on things to do with an air fryer in five minutes on YouTube. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but things used to come with like a book or something or some yeah. sort of something you can flip through, but now they just tell you to go online. Yeah, I know it. Save paper, I guess. I guess. That's all you got. No, I got some got some real nice base layers for hunting. I got a few tools for the shop. Um, oh, a new air compressor. That's that's a big one. Oh yeah, yeah. My air compressor uh, took a crap. In cold weather, it will not turn on anymore. It tries real yeah. hard and then flips the breaker. So mm. it's old. I've had that for a long time. Yeah. So got a new one. That's cool. Well, tonight's topic, since it's the last show of the year is 2022 recap it says 23 there though I guess I jumped the gun <laughs> huh? a little typo yeah a little typo so let's go back to winter let's go winter through uh, you know fall we'll just take winter through this winter and see where it goes you know just kind of whatever talk about what happened anything interesting winter last winter um, I remember it very well because we were out in it every single day burning mm-hmm. apple trees. Yeah. It was very cold. Very cold. I remember, I should have looked up the dates, but early December was the first date that hit below zero, which was kind of odd. It's usually January when that happens. Mm-hmm. When was the first? It was in December. Oh, okay. Year. So yeah, I knew then I was thinking, wow, this might be a cold one. And it yeah. did. It, it was below zero many, many times. But we didn't get much snow. No. So that was a good trade-off of it. I feel like we got fewer than 10 inches of snow the whole winter, just uh, about. Burned through a lot of hand warmers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But not that much firewood. For as cold as it was, I burned nearly the same amount as the year before. Hmm. Uh, partly, dude, I got a better efficient stove. Oh, uh, yeah. But that was late in the game. I didn't get that till March. So... I don't know. I figured I would have burned through another half or a full cord more, but I did not. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, apple tree pruning, we're out of the truck by 
like 9 a.m. or earlier, and it's still pretty cold. Sun might not even be out yet. But I remember one day in particular, um, we started going, and I mean, you dress pretty well. You have layers, but um, you have to wear gloves, obviously, and you have hand warmers. But even then, it takes a while for your fingers to warm up. And uh, I think for a while there, my fingers were just too numb to grip anything, and I was pretty much useless. Yeah, I remember that day. It was probably Bovina. Yeah. There was some snow that day as well on the trees, which makes it kind of terrible to uh, climb around. It's slippery, but um, that was cold. I remember it was in the single digits, I think, and it warmed up to like mid-20s by 10. Yeah, once the sun comes out, you're in the sun, it all goes away, but sometimes it's hard to get started when it's that cold. Coldest morning that I can remember of the last winter year was uh, negative 18 degrees coming over Grand Gorge, Upper East Branch, into, uh, yeah, from Roxbury to Grand Gorge. Yeah, that was you and I. That was... Very cold on my feet that day. Yeah, that it was, was cold. Dangerously cold. When I got back in the truck, my as the heat hit them, they were piercing in pain. Oh, right. <laughs> so they got too cold. <laughs> yeah, I was climbing in the tree, and it it took a solid forty five minutes for me to feel comfortable of climbing around, having to stop and just you know. But again, another still morning, and the sun came up, and two hours later, it was comfortable yeah but yeah the morning was awful it's terrible so but you know I, I we know we talked last week with gary mead about the snow insulating the roots which obviously it does mm-hmm. but i didn't see any ill effects on trees from no snow last year did you guys i didn't see any no i haven't i don't know it didn't affect the sugaring season i, I felt in, except for one way it took a long time to warm up yeah i'm sure we'll talk about that next but my dates were a little later this last year than they were the year prior my start date was later i feel like the depth of frozen ground went deeper into the yeah into the ground than it usually does because of the lack of snow i see more ill effects on trees i think in deep snow years than i do on cold years mostly because of uh rodent issues you see breakage too yeah more breakage but you see a lot more vole damage even I remember one year it was like uh, maybe six or seven years ago. We had a lot of snow all winter, this two plus feet for the whole winter. Oh, vol damage, yeah. Yeah, when the when the when it finally melted in end of March, I remember seeing a significant amount of vol damage even even on beech trees. Mm-hmm. Never seen that before. Just mm-hmm. this whole area that I walked into, all the beech whips were just no more bark on. Yeah, chewed, chewed through. True. Yeah, I mean, especially fruit trees, you know, they can hide in there. You might not see it, and then you really start to dig around. And... Could there be such a thing as too much snow for voles and mice and animals that... Uh... No, they love it. They do better in deeper snow. Because mm-hmm. that snowpack stays right around, once you get below a certain level of it, uh, it stays right around 32 degrees. Mm-hmm. It's very insulative, especially uh, near the ground. Uh, it's very humid, which may not be a good thing, actually. Humidity is too high, um, but it's a constant temperature. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, for uh, for wildlife, even for deer, when they, they'll they'll lay down in a snowpack and uh, burn less calories than if they were standing or moving around, obviously. But 
Yeah, another thing with that really cold winter is uh, the ice was really dry, and the uh, crust on the ice was nice some days because you just walk right across it. But yeah. you get a spot where you just fall right through, and then you're just post-holing to the tree. you got to prune, and it's kind of annoying. But and The problem with last year's cold was we, it was real wet beforehand. So anything that ice, I feel like my driveway never thawed. Yeah. It had a, that first layer of ice from the January or whatever that stayed the whole year. It was great for uh, tree work, though, for you know climbing in trees um, for the lines if you're climbing a tree because mm-hmm. nothing gets tangled when it just slides on frozen snow. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't grab little twigs and get fish sticks and tangles, so that was one good thing about it. So I like that. But let's talk about the sugaring season. I have as my first sap flow last year, or this year, still this year, uh, February 17th. Hmm. and finished March 16th, so about a month. Yeah, I was a little later than you. I didn't tap until February 28th, and but I didn't boil till March 6th. That really matters when you got sap. Yeah, so yeah. I didn't get enough sap to boil till March 6th. <laughs> but obviously the weather was looking promising on the 28th, otherwise I wouldn't have tapped. Well, that's what happened. <laughs> I, I would go out, and it would be in the 40s and 50s some days, and it just wasn't running the sap, and I think it's because the ground was just so darn frozen, and there was no sap flow going on despite the uh, warm airtime temperature. Yeah, I started or I boiled March sixth, and I ended March eighteenth, only two days after you, and yeah. and I uh, it was fast and furious for me. I got a yield that was similar to the year before, and a much condensed window. Yeah, my sugar content was average. It's just the sap flow was a little down, but um. I had very few days where I got two gallons a tap, whereas a lot of times with the trees that I have, that's normal, which is a good run. So the sap flow is definitely down, but sugar content was between 2.3 and 2.5%. Not too bad. Yeah, I agree. My sugar, my best my best day was 1.7 gallons per tap, which is uh-huh. also low for a big flow. It looks like the temperatures are going to be pretty mild, pretty warm this weekend. But, again, it takes a good two, three days for it to thaw out. And uh, so you, you would definitely get some sap probably coming up here this weekend. But uh, by the time you get everything set up, I think the lows, the highs are going back below freezing. So I don't, I don't know if it's worth it or not. Hmm. So that's what you attribute it to, the uh, um, more colder temperatures, more frozen ground, and... Uh, the tree gives you some metric of how they responded to that. Yeah. There's also, it also could have been that since it was less snowpack, maybe there's just less moisture in the roots too. Hmm. I don't know. Although there's a lot of moisture, you said, right before it froze. Before it froze, there was, yeah. Well, yeah, we had that big right storm on Christmas two years ago. Oh, yeah, that was, that was crazy. <laughs> yeah, or last year, rather. But, yeah, my yield was the same, 4.64 gallons. Um, that's about what I always predict, between 4.5 and, and 5 gallons. And uh, it also, what, I, what I've really been paying more attention to in the last few years is my boil days. I always have consistently between 12 and 18 boiling days. Um, and I had 12 last year, so it was just fast and furious. When it went, it went, but it wasn't abnormal. Right. I've had many other years that the season was longer in duration, but still only had 12 days to boil. Yeah. So. Yeah, what do they say? Usually... According to Cornell, the average season is about four to six weeks. Right. It's about about right. So if you're less than that, it's a little below average. It just happens sometimes. I remember one year, I think it was 2010 or 11, may have been 10, it 
it was over in like a week and a half, ten days. It was a very short season. Yeah, it's when it got up in the seventies, and yeah, yeah, I remember that. So, how many total trees did you tap, John? And how many total trees did you tap, Ryan? I only tap sixteen now, <clears throat> but I usually get a half a gallon per tap. So, <laughs> I uh, increased only by two trees, um, twenty-seven. Normally do twenty-five, but mine aren't uh, as open as Ryan's. They're on the edge of the forest and some of them tucked in a little bit and there are no I don't have any that are wide open oh one wide open tree out in my yard and uh, it makes a big difference because you had the lower sugar content I think yours was uh, a little bit lower sugar content on average yep a uh, little bit less volume per of sap per tap per day it just gets like you know you come home from work it seems like we'd always get a big run on this this night, Wednesday night, radio show night. So I won't get <laughs> home nights. until like 8 and then not a good boil until eight thirty, nine o'clock. So if you come home and you get a good run on 16 taps, I could get anywhere from 32 to 38 gallons of sap and sometimes 40 even. That's a lot of sap to be boiling on a little 2 by 3 flat pan. Mm. So you kind of have to plan on... Can you boil two gallons a tap in a night? And if you can't, then maybe you need to lower your yeah your taps. I don't know. Surface we have the same surface area evaporators, and they're yours is bigger now. No, it's the same surface area. Is it? Yeah, mine's eighteen inches by four feet. Oh. So same yeah. as a two by three. Um, so both they're they're both uh, getting around like four to seven gallons of boil off per hour. So we got 40 gallons to do on some nights like him. I can get eight sometimes. Can get eight. White pine. There you go. <laughs> white pine, man. When you're burning white pine, uh, then it boils pretty pretty good. Yeah. But y- you have to feed it like every five to eight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> got to wow. be on top. I mean, it's great. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> not not really, but kind of. It, it, it really does burn up pretty fast. Like a blast furnace then. It is, yeah. It's crazy. Oh, wow. Really go through wood fast. It's not efficient, you know, my evaporator, but whatever. I cut it, so who cares? Um, okay. Anything else about the sugar and move on? No, that's it. That's it. No, it's good taste in syrup. Can't complain about that, so that's what really matters. Oh, I did wrote down that I collected two hundred and forty five point five gallons of sap. Wow. So when you measure all that out, all the five gallon buckets, how many how many curls was that? <laughs> you know? Trade yeah. membership. A gallon is what? Eight pounds? Sap's a little heavier. 8.6 because it's got the sugar in it. Yeah. It's a so. whole Jimber membership right there. <laughs> <laughs> Times 246. Yep. Grafting is the next thing after the sugaring season's over. Um, or we, we graft volunteer wild apple trees for the most part and graft above the deer brows so people can avoid planting a tree and and putting a fence around a tree, that's the advantage of grafting. Uh, we've gotten a lot more selective over the years. We don't just graft anything as much as we used to. We're looking for smooth bark. Mm. You know, young, uh, fast-growing, healthy stems that are about three inches in diameter to six inch to four inches in diameter, two inches at the least. So uh, it seems like after yeah, doing this for years now, Yellow Delicious is seems like the best one that grows the best, whether you plant it or graft it. I don't know why. Just 
just what it seems like. Yeah, mm. totally agree. Very vigorous growing tree. I think it can tolerate. Well, I know it can tolerate clay clay soils a little better because I have clay soil and El Delicious is, grows well mm. in it. So it must have a vigorous root system to punch through that heavy soil. It's the only thing I can come up with. Last year, I had fruit on my El Delicious apples. Oh, really? Nothing else. Yeah, no, I had one that was loaded. I picked, got to pick some apples and make pies and oh, everything. Oh, yeah, I that. remember you saying you made apple crisp or somebody did. thing was loaded. Loaded oh. with fruit. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't do much grafting. Um, now that we have more staff and less grafting demand, gets divided out. I think I only maybe did six last year. Oh, yeah. Zane, you did a lot. Yeah, I did uh, a couple notable ones um, for a member. Uh, they had a really nice tree and it had a potential for three grafts on it. Um, didn't really like the fruit, and I told him we could do three that's more drastic, or we can just do one this year, and he wanted to go with the drastic option. So I did three big cuts, and just like uh, you said with those specifications, and grafted three different varieties on it. And I went back um, this year and looked at it, and they all took pretty well. So I'll have to uh, 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 call out some of the uh, weaker ones. Yeah. Great. Oh, speaking of which, we got to start collecting Simon here soon. Right. So that's the key step. We got three months. We got two and a half months, though. Yeah, if you're wondering when you collect the signwood or the cuttings, it's dormant season. If I had to pick the best month, it'd probably be February to collect signwood. And the peak of dormancy usually is uh, mid February, right? I would say so. You know, they start going silver tip at the March ish. Around there, depending on what elevation you're at. Uh, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to From the Forest every Wednesday, 6 to 7 p.m. Tonight's topic is the 2022 recap. We're just talking about what we've been doing at the Catskill Forest Association and on our own in the woods and surrounding the woods. After grafting, um, well, during kind of, at the when the temperatures, the low time temperatures are safely above freezing is when I think about spraying my apple trees. So I usually spray um, dormant oil, a mixture of dormant oil to desiccate insects, insect pests, and liquid copper, and that's for funguses. You don't have to, you might not have to spray at all if you have good sight. I have a okay sight, so I gotta I gotta do some spraying. And I have these old heirloom varieties I planted that I probably would never have done again, but some of them are disease prone. So that's when I start to do it. And uh, you want to look at the label, and it will say when to spray. And, you know, they'll use demarcations of, of the buds to tell you when to spray, like silver tip, green tip, or dormant, which would be even before. So so you mentioned that you only had one tree that produced, and that's something I've heard from a lot of people, that there wasn't much fruit last year. I had three all yellow delicious. So what happened? Why didn't we get much fruit? Because, yeah, the, why didn't we get much more fruit is because the year before they fruited heavily. Yeah, banner year. Yeah, so they'll usually go every other year if the fruit is not thinned. So we got a lot of calls, we, the Catskill Forest Association, from our members saying, oh, man, that pruning didn't work. You know, man, no fruit this year. year before they were saying the pruning did work. And I said, <laughs> well, that that's not the case. Pruning really preserves the tree and, you know, preserves its form, gets sunlight on the best branches, and and keeps that tree going. But the fruit, if you don't thin it like the orchards do chemically or by hand, manually, 
then you will get normally fruit every other year, despite freezing. Mm. All right? And everyone blames the freezing in the mountains, as if we don't get freezing in Hudson Valley. Well, we do. But it's why there's big stirs and smudge pots back in the day in the orchards of the Hudson Valley where I grew up. Um, yeah, there's big stirs that stir up the air on those times when there is freezing. Wow. So I spent a lot of money making those things. That's meant to, like, uh, push the cold air around and yeah. create more agitation and uh, yeah, it's crazy. deter that freezing temperature. Yeah. Before that, there was smudge pots. So when we bought our dog... <clears throat> Max, little Karen Terrier, he, we bought him at a kennel in like near Platykill, Highland area, and adjacent to it is a huge orchard, and his face was all messed up from going in those smudge pots, and they would light those smudge pots to to warm the air during yeah. that during that vulnerable time if it, if, if it occurred, because it was in kind of a pocket. That's why we usually orchards are on little knolls or ridges, you know. Yeah, I was, glacial moraines or, or glacial uh, whatever you call them, crump was that crump crumb? I can't drumlins, whatever. I don't know. Oh yeah, took a, a orchard management training once, and I remember a slide on the screen. The presenter said you can even cut a a, a drainage through the forest below if it's if that's part of your problem with circulation. And uh, they did. They cut about a 20 to 30 foot wide swath of trees, 100 and maybe 200 feet long, through the woods. So cold air, in theory, can drain. Oh wow! Off <laughs> off of the orchard and down in through the woods. And it's crazy. Vacate. Like builds up, huh? I guess. Yeah. It's crazy to think about. Yeah. I wouldn't think that would happen, but who knows? <laughs> this just helps with circulation. Yep. Pears were crazy last year. They were nuts, but I didn't get anything this year. So hopefully next year. Also, fruiting, um, not just is it dictated by the thinning, but it's how you shape your branches. And you should weigh them down or space, or um, you can shape them by pruning, which is a little, can be difficult. But that'll also cause the tree to be fruit-bearing rather than vegetative. What's the best time of season to do that? Is it the spring? Spring. It's the best time. Because when those branches are being weighted down, they're forming that spring wood. And at a certain time, you can take all that weight off, whether they're spacers or rocks tied to a string, and they'll hold that uh, yeah. uh, angle. Right. That, that's the best time. So if you're just tuning in, you're listening to From the Forest. We're doing a little 2022 recap, and uh, we'll return shortly. Truth is, I thought it mattered. I thought that music mattered. But does it bollocks? Not compared to how people matter.
Chumba Wumba. It's a good uh, New Year's Eve song, right? Nineties one hit wonders. Yeah, man, Chumba Wumba, Tub Thumping. Oh, I don't need that. Tub Thumping. <laughs> <laughs> so this is from the forest every Wednesday, six to seven p.m. Tonight's topic is 2022 recap. Uh, we're talking about how the winter went, apple tree pruning, which occurs January through mid-April, maple sugaring season, which uh, for me occurred February 17th and March 16th, followed by the grafting season, April, May. I also do do some spraying of my fruit trees during that time of year, April. Also in April for me, I don't know when you guys do it. I do my firewood, so I replenish. What I burned during that time of year, which I guess is backwards. A lot of people I see, they do their firewood in the winter, which, hey, to each his own. I like doing it in April just to know exactly what I replenish, get three years ahead of it. That way I'm only cutting for what I actually used in burning. Mm-hmm. But that's me. What do you guys do? Uh, firewood's more of a continuum for me. Like I just, I was cutting firewood the other day. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I don't know. I just walked up in my woods. I looked at the oak tree and... It made me angry about how much maple was around it. So I started cutting maple trees down and up behind my house. And yeah. they're all blocked up, and some of it's split. It's just laying on the ground. Yeah, I'll just, whenever. It's convenient yeah. in the next month or so, bring it down to the house. There you go. So. Yeah, I moved into where I'm living now in September, so I've been doing a lot of my firewood since then. I've gotten wood from the woods um, and also... Uh, oh, yeah? Got, yeah. You got wood oh, yeah. from the woods? Okay. You're crazy, man. <laughs> Let me back up. No, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, Game of Logging was hosted on, on the property, and uh, members dropped a bunch of trees in the wood, left them there, so I've been picking at those. Uh, I got some other wood from another property that I loaded in my truck and dumped off, and so I've been picking at that and chopping wood there. But, yeah, it's a, it's a great thing to do. You get some stuff done in the house, and you go outside and... Uh, you do some chopping, and you can leave it there or stack it. I've been yeah. stacking it, and it's very satisfying. I just finished my uh, two cords. Yeah. And that's going to sit there for at least two years. It's awesome. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Sometimes I do get, if I got nothing going on in the winter, you know, on those really cold days, um, go outside and split some wood. I will start to get ahead of what I've already burned and then go out and just split it and let it sit in place but yeah usually april i want to be totally done with it yeah i mean i i feel like i don't know i feel like firewood well i used to sell some firewood not a lot but whatever 10 cords or so and when you did that you did it all at once mm-hmm. right and i think that kind of burned me out a little bit about trying to focus on doing firewood all at one time and now i've just decided i'm just gonna always be doing firewood Mm-hmm. And it's never like the job of the day. It's just something that got done today. Yeah, no, I hear that. I don't do it all at once. Like I'll do an hour and a half, an hour of yeah. splitting at a time. That's I've learned that I can't – I don't like to do more because I'm splitting it by hand. and You just end up uh, – I don't know. It's probably not good for your joints and stuff to even uh, – you know, like I'm still pretty young, but it's like I don't want to take a chance. It's not mm-hmm. like anyone gets younger. And if you want to do firewood for the long term, I feel like you always have to be not only thinking about the long term for seasoning your wood, but also your body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true, true. If you want to keep doing it. If you want to be doing it into your 50s, 60s, and 70s, and there's very few people who do it after that. And I think there's a reason. It's usually when you're looking for a wood splitter at that point. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I, wood splitters, you know, and probably in everyone's future if they're doing it by hand. But mm. <laughs> yeah, I've not uh, tired of it yet. Uh, um, I've been doing it for the first time, and uh, it's really enjoyable. And it, I don't know, it's great. I uh, use a uh, this Grand's Forest Brooks, which are made in Sweden. Uh, my um, axe, splitting axe, mm-hmm. and all those things you can't even find them anymore. Mm. They've become collectors' items. Yeah, usually with most good things, it's, it seems like they're when they are uh, excuse me when they were for sale just a few years ago at Shelton Hill. Yeah, they were like two sixty five, I think. Mm. Uh, so my my for splitting an axe. axe, which is smaller for the smaller diameter ones, it was a hundred dollars at the time. Wow, this is a long, This was back in two thousand eight, and then the large splitting axe was was a hundred and fifty, and then I bought a wedge. For like seventy five dollars, maybe. I'm pretty sure it was two sixty five. Yeah. If not, it was two thirty five. Oh yeah, no, yeah, I believe you. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure the small splitting I saw was two hundred, and the large splitting was anywhere from two fifty to three hundred. Now. The mall. Yeah, but you couldn't find them. It was like, wait forever. Right. And I don't know what the uh, I forget what the wedge was. Over a hundred bucks. Wow. Right. You know, they're great. They're comfortable as hell. They hold an edge. I mean, I, I, you know, all the wood I do can be anywhere from five to ten cords a year, and I've been doing it for over ten years or more, more, almost 14 years, and I've sharpened a thing every other year probably. That's good. I mean, they just hold an edge. So it is good steel. So I don't know. Um, Last year was the year that I burned my mistake that was having only one type of wood in the pile uh ash ash it was like 98 percent ash last year and i vow i will never do that again yeah. not because there's anything wrong with burning ash just you gotta have variety you yeah. have to um, um, especially here in the Catskills. there's so much around us why not yeah variety that benefits like your wood stove the heating quality just the enjoyment of it well i mean there's We've done firewood, excuse me, firewood shows on this radio show before, and explained all the different BTU values of each and mm. how they dry. And there's a lot of different characteristics. But yeah, I mean, sure, on those negative nights, why not have something with a high BTU value? It's got to go same volume in the stove and get more out of it, more heat out of it. Mm. Versus, you know, middle of March when it's going to be in the 60s at the end of the day, but it's going to be in the 20s or low 30s at night. Maybe you want something that dies out. Um, that's pretty much just of it. But yeah, I've got yesterday, for example, I cut sugar maple, red maple, red oak, American beech, ash, hop horn beam. That was all, or not yesterday, the other day when I was doing firewood. That was, uh, those are the trees I cut. <laughs> yeah, the cord I, ba- I made uh, was just what I got, and it was uh, oak on the sides, uh, cherry on the bottom, and then maple the rest of it with some ash here and there so yeah it's a nice mix so for firewood yeah i like a good mix but for sapwood um it's going to be trees that burn hot and fast i like lots of white pine and hemlock and aspen white pine's cool but you go through a lot of it pretty fast um hemlock and aspen are great so i recommend yeah this year i've got norway spruce and aspen how is norway spruce to split awful 
I borrowed a wood splitter for it. It was terrible. Yeah, it's really bad. It was free wood. It was all blocked up. Just had to. It was on my way home. Didn't even have to go out of my way. Thought I was doing myself a favor. Yeah. Ended up getting a neighbor's wood splitter and doing it because there was. No, yeah. I got like three blocks done, and I said, "No way." I'm like, I'm not doing this. No, it's crazy. It's very naughty. Too naughty. Yeah. You can get it completely split, and then you can't get it to separate. Oh, that wow. knot would be going through the next piece, and you'd have to wrench on it with your hands pulled apart. I thought I was going to get hurt. So. Yeah. Hemlock, hemlock and aspen's a nice mix. And if you can get it white pine to mix in like like less than 30% of your wood or 20% of your wood. Yeah. But you can't find it in this part of the mountains as much on the Delaware County side. Once you get on the Ulster County side, there's a lot more. Um, sassafras, you know, I also burn that once in a while. But um, spring. Well, more spring is what I... What, when it, when the uh, the flowers fall off the apple trees, I like to now spray uh, surround, which is cowan clay. It's a white powdery stuff that makes a a very unpleasant environment for insects. Mm. It, you can also see when you spray the bark if there's any uh, borers much easily, much more easily. Mm. So if you do see them, you can put a wire in there and pound you know syringe the li- or pound the living daylights out of them. Yeah. Kill them, whatever. Blunt, blunt them up, do whatever you can. And the other thing is, I have a real. I get a lot of sunlight where I live, like a lot, all day long. So this actually reflects some sunlight, so uh, the trees aren't as stressed. There's a certain point where you can have too much sunlight, and uh, that can be good. Sun scald kind of reduces that a little bit. So yeah, cowan clay. That's just like a spray, and uh, that's it. Is it considered a pesticide? It is a pest. I mean, yeah. Anything's a pesticide that's used to kill a pest, mm-hmm. even vinegar. Uh, if you're doing it commercially for someone else, you would have to legally have to have a pesticide license, even if you're spraying vinegar to kill someone else's stuff. On your own land, it's a different story. But um, let's see. Tree Saver Program, I'll just talk briefly about that. April, May. April is when mainly spraying hemlock trees arboriculturally to kill the hemlock will be delicate and elongate hemlock scale. And then May, June, July, injecting ash trees mainly to kill the emerald ash borer. So, yeah. That brings us in. You guys have anything in spring? What? In well, the summer? Well, I do a lot of site prepping for our legacy tree program. Um, so last year I did the most. Uh, I did about 65 trees between yeah. about 25 members. So that's me going on uh, with a landowner to their property looking at sites for uh, these trees they'd like to plant, um, prepping them by uh, mowing down vegetation with a weed whacker and then just placing a mat there, uh, putting stones on top, and that's just marking the site and cooking the grass to vegetation throughout the summer. Site prepping is, uh, you know, if you want to put a tree down that's going to be there for a long time, site prepping is a key step, I think. Helps you visualize it. Uh, makes digging easier, especially for fall planting. So Nice. Yeah. Summer. It was really dry. I don't know if people remember, but I didn't mow my lawn for eight weeks. The trees, they have deeper roots, so they're not as phased by... Eight weeks of no rain, they don't like it, obviously. Um, some trees did die back, though. They were in urban areas. 
next to roads and stuff where you have uh, more absorption of heat. Some of those started to die back, especially like sugar maple, dogwood. I saw understory plants really die back because they're more shallow rooted. So, so it was really, uh, really dry. Basically, the month of August into September did not rain. Yeah. Yeah, same story. Late I, July. Yeah. Even the wet spot on my lawn, the wet spot, I went four weeks. And then I got the mower out just to buzz off the high tops on the wet spot that was like, took me five minutes to do. It just was visually driving me nuts that some of the lawn was growing and others weren't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had, the reason why I know is at least eight weeks because I had surgery where I was non-weight bearing for eight weeks. So I couldn't mow my lawn anyway and didn't need to. <laughs> it's crazy. There was literally nothing to mow anyway. So it was very dry. Yeah. And the streams were just terrible for for trout fishing, you know. You need a little more water. The stream I like to fish near my house, I like it when the water's high and it's like it it's a little turbid when it's flooding a little, you know. You get a little camouflage from the fish so mm -hmm. they can't see you trying to take their life. And um that never happened. I mean they were like puddles, you know. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, in some places it was like considered a drought. Other places it was considered a dry period, um, depending on how it affected the vegetation. But I've seen some really stressed trees, um, trees like uh, oak trees that I know have very deep tap roots, and even they were um, suffering from the drought. Yeah, we could see the effects of that, you know, this coming growing season perhaps on stressed trees. So wasn't terribly hot, though. I mean, normal normal heat, but it wasn't over no. the top. Mm -hmm. No. No, it wasn't too bad. But if you're just tuning in, you're listening to From the Forest every Wednesday, 6 to 7 p.m. And tonight's topic is 2022 Recap. Twice 
AMD if you leave from that movie Pretty in Pink. This is 2022 recap from the forest every Wednesday, 6 to 7 p.m. Uh, did a lot of portable sawmilling, didn't you, John, this summer? Oh, yeah. Fall? A lot of sawmilling. It was out uh, at least three days a week, only because I had to do other things. It could have been out five or six, seven days a week. If There's, de there's definitely demand for it. Any particular tree species that you uh, we milk? sawed up more than others? Yeah, ash and pine. Yeah? Yeah, and which is pretty typical. Ash, it's dying. Everybody wants to use it. Yeah. Right. And pine. White is pine. Pretty much the most versatile, mm. right, for a building project. Anything structural is going to be of a softwood pine usually. Yeah. Some hemlock. I like doing hemlock better than pine. Why? Saws nicer. Uh, it saws nice. Uh, it's smooth and uh, there's no pitch. You get covered in pitch sawing pine. I know. I have a set of clothes designated for pine when I know I'm cutting it. Yeah. It's awful. It's endless that pitch and it goes through gloves like crazy yeah <clears throat> so i mean i don't mind cutting it but i, I cut like down it. some white pines this summer and you can't tell they're dying sometimes until you're up in them oh really and you, you can literally just take their branches and just pull on them they fall off crack mm -hmm. just full of pine a pitch pitch ah yeah. oh, terrible yeah, it's it's everywhere. It's, it gets in the, it gets on your truck seats somehow, even though you try to be careful. Yeah. And it doesn't come out. No, not easily. No, you gotta you have to like wear it out. Yeah, like, yeah, it does wear out pretty fast. I mean, like my line, it'll be off my line within like an hour of working in another have, tree. I have a couple shirts that are still stiff from last year. Huh? Yeah. Wow. But yeah, I've helped John some of these jobs and uh, uh, taken boards away. As you cut some, and yeah, a lot of that pine is it's it's great. It makes great boards. It smells great. It does get your gloves real pitchy, but um, I like all the uh, different grooves you can see in it. Pretty interesting on a fresh board. So. Yeah. Speaking of hemlock, um, about Memorial Day to end of July, early August is when I take the bark off of hemlock trees and start putting them through a chipper little chipper and making them ready for tanning hides so cool i like hemlock i like the way it smells i like everything about it i wish it wasn't dying so much which you know there's a lot of trees that i take down that are just dying anyway for for their bark but uh yeah that's too bad but um really cool tree so um let's see here you know we're running out of time believe it or not you only got about three to four minutes left Let's talk about the food in the forest last fall because this is impacting wildlife right now and into the spring. It was really, really scant. I know. Um, my area, central and uh, western Delaware County, seemed to have some red oak, but not much else uh, in other places. I didn't see like Ulster County, Sullivan County having any any acorns. And some, 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 some acorns in places, but not too much. Um, no apples to speak of, like a tree, yeah. literally a tree. Um, blackberries, they dried up with the summer heat or the summer uh, dryness. And I don't remember being seeing any cherries. Two years ago there was cherries. I, don't, I didn't see any cherries. So I think uh, that's the major food sources, and there wasn't much of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I didn't see a big uh, acorn crop, obviously, no apples. 
um, where I moved to, there's a big, beautiful um, hickory tree. It didn't produce one nut. Hmm. Um, so I'd be looking at that tree in the next few years. Last year was a good year for hickory nuts. Decent. Hmm. Should have moved in earlier. Pick, I picked some last fall with the kids and uh, made some hickory nut butter. Um, yes. Mulberry wasn't bad, but that's in the that's in the early summer. Doesn't really impact things into the later season. We'll see how the deer do. I mean, it could be a real tough winter for them. Uh, if we get a lot of snow, I was went for a walk today at lunchtime and uh, found deer tracks feeding on fern. Yeah, it's pretty early in the year for them to be. I watched dump, deer eat fern. They're dumpster diving. From my my tree stand this year. Yeah, yeah, I saw it during deer season too. And I was like, damn. <laughs> Damn. Darn. My dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. they're dumpster diving, huh? Just not a lot of nutrients in it. No. You know, they really don't eat it throughout the summer, right? They and don't touch it. There's food in the forest, but, yeah. So that's a good sign to look for. What, fern browsing? It's an yeah, all-time low, man. It's an indicator for sure. That's really bad. Yeah. It's really bad. That's unheard of years ago. Now it's you know they now we're seeing them browsing on stuff they don't even like so yeah last year was good for everything I mean black haw nannyberry elderberries even the smaller fruits were fruiting like crazy you know those little shrubs viburnums hawthorns everything yeah, yeah everything I, I don't know if there was anything that wasn't it was just really crazy it was great for last year but then you know the next year is probably not going to be so good so what are you going to do savor it yeah. Uh, about, a, got about oh man, I can't speak tonight. About a minute wow. left. <laughs> what about hunting? Hunting was fruitful for me. I no complaints. Yeah. It uh, you know, despite the lack of food, I kind of you know I kind of have these fallback spots that just seem to produce when there's nothing to attract. And I went there, and man, I was I was couldn't do any wrong. It seemed every yeah. every time I decided to go out, I had either a good hunt or came home with a deer. And I got my biggest buck to date. I was after an even bigger one. Had an encounter with him. It was it was a lot of fun. You? Yeah, I saw a lot of deer. Um, gotten a lot a lot more selective over the years, but um, yeah, I got two does. I got a third one, but I think the coyotes got it, so I didn't get to recover it. But um, so I can't complain. I saw more wildlife than ever this year. The predator population seemed insane. I've never seen so many coyote and red and gray fox and fisher. Got to watch a lot of all all uh, four of those. Hmm. So quite a bit. Saw fisher the last last week when I was out. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah, they they need to watch. They're bound bounding through the woods and jumping on things. And I saw a fox minutes before that. So. Uh, we'll see how this winter goes. I have a feeling it's going to be a cold and snowy one just because we're due for it, but who knows? I'll tell you in April, I guess. All right. That's all the time we have him from the forest, and uh, see you next week. Good night, everyone. Good night. Oh, the neon lights were flashing and the icy wind did blow. The water seeped into his shoes and the drizzle turned to snow. His eyes were red, his hopes were dead, and the wine was running low. And the old man came home from the forest. 
tears fell on the sidewalk as he stumbled in the street. A dozen faces stopped to stare, but no one stopped to speak. For his castle was a hallway, and the bottle was his friend. And the old man stumbled in from the forest. Up a dark and dingy staircase, the old man made his way. His ragged coat around him as upon his cot he lay. And he wondered how it happened that he'd ended up this way. So dear, who'd loved him in the springtime of a long forgotten year, when the wildflowers did bloom in the forest. She touched his grizzled fingers and she called him by his name, and then he heard the joyful sound of children at the game. For the old. 